What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. And before we jump into today's conversation with Tara Porter, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. Number one, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a rating and a review. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more it helps new people find the show, and it really helps to grow the community that we're developing here. And if you're one of those people that have recently found the podcast, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. And to everybody listening, make sure you screenshot this, post it to your Instagram story, tag at my social life podcast and i'll feature you on the account and send you a message as well now without further ado let's get to my conversation with tara porter what's going on everybody welcome back to my social life this is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media i'm your host jacob kelly and today we're joined by tara porter Tara is a yoga instructor and she runs the social media accounts for Pure Kitchen, which is a popular vegetarian and vegan scratch kitchen here in Canada's nation's capital, Ottawa. And I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today, Tara. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. So I want to start, I want to go all the way back. Okay. So you grew up on the East Coast, right? I'm a maritimer, displaced. If I'm correct, so you were born in Newfoundland, but grew up in Halifax? Um, Born in Newfoundland, grew up mostly in Truro, Nova Scotia, so 45 out from Halifax. Yeah. Okay. It's the hub. Yeah. So what was your childhood childhood like growing up? Like was yoga part of your childhood or kind of when did you get into yoga? Yes and no. So my father was an RCMP and so we were stationed around in the Maritimes in Newfoundland and Labrador. And then uh, my mother went back to school when we left my father. And so we were in Truro mm-hmm. and lots of childhood events sort of led to some need for some family bonding. So my mom found this yoga class in the basement of a community college. And so we took it as a family bonding experience. But I was doing dance and music at the time. And um, so it was very complimentary and it was another way to move. So I really connected with it, but I didn't really understand the workings of like the breath work or philosophy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. This is a cool way to move. That feels good. Uh, so but was introduced to a lot of different alternative, holistic, natural health ways of mm-hmm. being or thinking. Um, so it wasn't until after high school that I fell madly in love with yoga, but it was always there for me. Like my older sister ran with it and became a yoga instructor. So She's largely who influenced me to move to Ottawa and also helped me find the yoga community too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When people, whenever, whenever any of you brand managers on the podcast, the social media accounts, I always ask them about school and whether their school is worth it, but you didn't go to school, if I'm correct. I right? didn't. No. no. So what led to that decision? It's funny because I am someone who actually thrives in an educational setting I love I was a 90 student I was valedictorian I um you know had these scholarships if I went into school but I was hung out with older people mm-hmm. and at the time knowing that the university or college costs would be coming out of my direct bank account um I was watching them change their degrees or graduating and not necessarily going into their field mm-hmm. And employment in Nova Scotia is a little bit different than in Ontario as well in terms of rates. And at, this was like four, 13 years ago, 2005. So is that right now? <laughs> it's too early. Um, and so I did this volunteer program after um, I did Katima Vic after high school. And it 
led me from thinking that I was going to go into art or drama therapy after taking a gap year to realizing, okay, I love business and I'm, I can, it still can be creative and it still can be um, something that also holds me accountable. So I landed this job and I've managed so many small businesses in the past 12 years that it's been a living university in many ways uh, where any small business, you wear 5,000 hats um, in one hour sometimes. And uh, so lots of continuing education and courses, Mm -hmm. but I have no letters beside my name. Interesting. Okay. So like, look, I was gonna ask you looking back then, like, do you wish you had gone to school or are you like totally stoked with how the way things turned out? Um, I would, I would not be opposed to going back to school or taking a course or credit. I love learning. Mm -hmm. So about every year I get an itch. So I will register for some sort of course or workshop that's in alignment with what I'm taking or especially with the access of free education Mm -hmm. online now, which is in a totally like there's, there's just a massive information and accessibility out there. So it's easy to tap into that. It's easy to think that you're also self-directed and then realize like, okay, I have to manage this in the same way. So it, it, it does warrant, I think, that discipline when you are self-studied mm-hmm. and yeah, learning on the side. But I love where my trajectory has landed me. Yeah. And I love the applicability of everything that I've done and I've loved every small business that has to be in alignment with my values. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that's partly why it's been so great to work with small businesses for so many years, because it is so rewarding and multifaceted. Like mm-hmm. you have to learn many things, yeah. <laughs> do or die. Yeah. And so with like online, you're, there's so many free resources and so many ways to learn online. Yeah. And when you take a course online, it's very specific. Yes. Like if you're paying for one, it's exactly what you want to exactly. learn. What advice do you give to people that are just graduating high school now? Like, do you recommend they go to school or do you kind of recommend they figure it out maybe for a year or two, take some online courses and see how that goes? Like, what is your advice when you're speaking to someone yeah. that's about to graduate? I think it's really dependent. I felt pulled in two different directions there was this sort of like therapeutic side and then there was this art side of me I knew where I could combine both uh, but I also wanted some living experience and and also work and, and saving experience so for me even though I love school settings um, it I wanted just to take a year and I think that there can be an expectation to do something. It gives life skills, whether or not they use their degree or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about, it gets you out of your comfort zone. And I think that that's really where growing and and the magic happens, <laughs> just to be as cliche as possible. So whether getting out of your comfort zone is going to school and then figuring it out or whether getting out of your comfort zone is taking a year and trying something new and then getting clarity from that. I think it really needs to be a personal experience. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be like a 40-year-old in some university class, yeah. like just sitting with the youngsters one day. <laughs> yeah, 
And I also think that learning never stops. So however you look for education, if you're like not clear, then have the discipline to try multiple different things to get clearer or that self-growth or self-awareness to get clearer. And if you have clarity of the direction you want to go, mm-hmm. then run with it. Yeah. Go to school. Mm-hmm. Get, do the work. Yeah. And so you said it was your sister that ultimately convinced you to move to Ottawa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. how did you do that? And like, what did you do when you first got here? So I would visit her on my March breaks mm-hmm. or like summer breaks. So I had familiarity with Ottawa and some of her communities. So I felt welcome and I felt comfortable in the city. And after I finished Katimovic, she's like, oh, well, the yoga studio is always hiring receptionists. So I ended up managing the reception immediately. Um, and I wanted to be close to, I, my niece was like four or five at the time. She just graduated high school, which is really weird for me. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to be closer to family, which during the latter part of my youth, I didn't have that time to spend. There's like a six and four year gap. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to come. She hooked me up. And then 12 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. I was like, I'll be here for one year. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> Not at all. And so was there, were you scared at all moving here? Kind of moving to like a big city from Truro? Or was it like having your sister here to that kind of calm you a little bit? That buffered it for mm-hmm. sure. And also having some friends, like through her friends, um, even though I was, oh, it's Amanda's little sister. Um, I moved here on a Greyhound bus. Really? <laughs> Wait, like done a road trip with friends earlier on in the summer. So I think that was maybe the scariest part. Like, oh shit, I have to carry all this yeah. stuff. And I just swear. Oh yeah. For okay. sure. yeah. <laughs> the maritime were coming out of me. Um, I had such, I get excited about new things. Like, yes, I I think as I get older, I have more fear making big changes. Um, But I don't think I had any fear. I was excited. I think in Nova Scotia, one of their, I was part of this board in, in Truro that worked with the province and talking about unemployment and the fact that a lot of youth, and there's several, like, Halifax is one of the youngest cities in Canada because of how many educational institutions mm-hmm. are in this smaller, cute little I love Halifax uh, city that it is. Um, but what happens is that everyone will go away. Mm-hmm. Not everyone. Like there's a lot of folk who stay there. So at that time, they were trying to find ways and insights from youth and people who would soon be leaving Um, to be like, what would draw you back? What do we need to keep a younger generation? So the province isn't just full of boomers with not enough workers to, you know, support that Mm -hmm. aspect of the economy. Um, So at that time, I was one of those maritimers who was like, get me out of here. I want more culture. And I got it, which is nice. But I remember moving to Ottawa with that maritime friendliness and coming to a city and um and being like oh people don't say hi to each other on the sidewalk or weird it's weird to smile at someone so there was a little bit of a difference moving to a city but Mm -hmm. I I felt at home here and I always have which is 
nice that it's my real home now and but Nova Scotia is just in my DNA in the Maritimes so yeah it's it's my like soul home <laughs> Yeah. And so when you started at that yoga studio as the receptionist, then I guess, did you kind of transition from there up to being an instructor at that studio? Yes. And I managed that studio. Um, and I started taking trainings. I would go to the States. There's um, a couple institutions that are like universities of yoga, essentially. Okay. Uh, Kripalu in Massachusetts and Omega in Rhinebeck, New York. And I spent a lot of time there. And then when I started managing the studio, I had um, an allowance for educations. And I was also booking international teachers and local teachers for workshops and trainings. So I was very spoiled and lucky to be able to just gather, 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 gather all sorts of information and Mm -hmm. put that in my back pocket. Very, very lucky. I look back at that now and I'm like, oh, man, that was... (laughs) Now as a yoga teacher, it's like you take continual, continuous education uh, for a multitude of reasons. You start with a base training. So that continued education is really necessary if it's something that to A, for inspiration and for uh, fresh perspectives, but also because our awareness of anatomy or neurology and mindfulness is still evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's expensive though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't, it's hard to make a living as a yoga teacher. Yeah. So it's nice to do it for the love of it, not mm-hmm. for the need of it yeah. anymore. And so when did pure yoga and then pure kitchen kind of come into the picture for you? Um, so pure yoga, I, I took a little break from Ottawa. I lived with my partner at the time in Hamilton for a couple of years because that's where he was based out of. And during that time, when I first left, I was ready for a change. Um, I knew that I wanted to switch careers. I didn't have a full, clear picture, but I knew that it had to involve artistry, community, and wellness. And I, so when I came back, from contacts like new Amber and Jen and Dave and Kyle and Olivia, the owners of Pure Kitchen. And I ran into them after a yoga class and they're like, oh, we're opening this. And I was like, wait, it's really similar to the business plan that I've built, been building in my head. Like I'm planning on moving back. I'd love to like consider hiring me. Mm-hmm. And so they did. <laughs> and uh, when I came back, I wasn't teaching I think I was teaching one class, so um, they, I started subbing until a class presented itself at Pure, mm-hmm. which was great. I love my Sunday night crew. I yeah. love, love, love them. It's the best end to my week and mm-hmm. start to my week. That's awesome. Yeah. And so when you first came on board with Pure Kitchen then, it hadn't even opened yet. Yeah. So you were there for like the whole process up, leading up to the opening? Yeah, I was co-facilitating a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. Came back. A day later, moved to Ottawa. The next day, I had my interview and then started working like a week after that. So I joined them two weeks after they opened. Okay. Yeah, okay. I missed the first two weeks. The first two weeks? Okay. <laughs> so what was your like role initially then when you started? A server. Okay. They knew that they wanted to have me be a manager. So I was serving and then a month later, I started managing. 
um, when we were getting ready to open up Elgin, one of the owners then passed the accounts payable and payroll on to me. And then I took on social media at that point um, and took on catering and managing. It was a lot. Um, and then when we opened up Elgin, it was like, okay, let's, I trained someone else on accounts, um, kept going with catering and social media and managing, and then eventually passed catering off. And in the past year, my new role is originally it was social media and community outreach, but now it's all marketing and, and community outreach. And they really work together, which Mm -hmm. is great. So, and it was, it's amazing. It takes a special sort of crazy (laughs) to do what we do in the, in the food industry. And there's something about opening the restaurants, which is like ridiculous, but also so fun and so satisfying too. Mm -hmm. So being able, I love training. I love teaching. So it's, Yeah, it's nice to have that. And I do want to get into the social media side, but before that, I want to ask what it was like to meet Justin Trudeau at the one-year anniversary <laughs> of the kitchen. Yes. And again, this summer, we actually oh, really? cooked okay. at his garden party again. He's very svelte. Um, it's interesting to watch leaders when they, like part of their job is is schmoozing. He's, mm-hmm. he's good at it. Yeah. You can tell that it is a necessity and, uh, he's very gracious and patient and consistent and unwavering mm-hmm. in those social settings. And his wife comes into the restaurant every now and again as well. Um, so it was really an honor to be there. And, and again, this past summer being invited again it's the the garden party mm-hmm. um yeah very gracious yeah. and very supportive but it's also interesting to be that person hanging back watching observing everything observing yeah. it's like a reality tv show that's mm-hmm. not on netflix that's in front of your eyeballs yeah good. <laughs> i was just curious i saw that photo somewhere maybe like yes. deep in the instagram or yeah. something like deep that. in the depths yeah you did your homework i did i tried to <laughs> i tried to um but speaking of the instagram then so you said you took that on shortly after you started doing the management stuff at pure kitchen it was in that first year yeah I, if i went back onto the instagram page and it's so interesting to go back and like see the evolution mm-hmm of it and the quality of the photos and the quality of the captions and beginning it just being like, okay, we need something. Yeah. Then we're realizing, Oh, this is really effective for our business. Um, and then, um, leaning on resources to give guidance. So we've had, um, different marketing consultants in the past. And I actually work with Elisa every mm. now and again, we'll check in cause she runs the Charlotte account um, and then we, we brainstorm collectively about once a month, yes. uh, with one of the owners who really has a personal love and connection to social and is mm-hmm. great at marketing. He's got a poli side background, so he loves that <laughs> yeah. aspect of, of connecting and knowing who's who. So, yeah. yeah. So prior to pure, to pure kitchen, then did you have any social media experience? Did you ever run accounts before? Just for myself. Mm -hmm. It's the joy of being an independent contractor is that I could just show up and teach, but 
no one's going to know about my workshops other than the people who are there. And there are plenty of people who, who want to know or just need reasons or education of why they should go. Mm -hmm. Um, So just personal. I did for some other small businesses, but it was before Instagram really sort of Mm -hmm. Sean. Yeah. 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 It was more Facebook and email communications Mm -hmm. and MailChimp and, that was always and actually creating that side of communications was always something that I always did. So knowing how to verbiage was there, familiarity with graphics and okay. what imagery and what colors work or what fonts yeah. down. Like I'm an I consider myself an artist. And so I have an idea of an aesthetic that I want mm-hmm. to abide by, but yeah. So then in the beginning, when you took over Pure Kitchen Social, did you have a strategy in place that time, like kind of based off your previous experience at all? Or just kind of, I don't think we had know. any strategies <laughs> at that time. It's, it was such a crazy time looking back at it. It was very reactionary. Um, I'd say only in the past two years have we really been able to strategize and leverage it Mm -hmm. in a different way which was out of necessity out of efficiency but also what's amazing about my role and one thing that I really enjoy is that for a business it also identifies gaps Mm -hmm. so you know I could one of the challenges would I post about something and then realize in the notes reading them like okay they don't have any of those ingredients, but they should have. Like, there's a gap there in communication. So let's tighten that up before I start promoting that on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So I'll promote it on a Tuesday so you guys can get those things together and we work out these kinks however long. Or, um, okay, this is actually something that we're consistently 86th, which is a term that means it's run out, it's out mm-hmm. of stock. Um, <laughs> it's identified a lot of gaps actually yeah. so it also helps refine our processes within mm-hmm. a company that has grown um and where there need to be where we strive to have consistencies but mm-hmm. that comes from many different access points so it actually presents a lot of insights not just for what people want to see or want more of but where we're lacking on our side too mm-hmm. interesting which is great yeah yeah. So you mentioned earlier how you would take these online courses and stuff. So is there any specific ones that you took for social that you'd recommend or any interesting things you learned online, like doing research for social? Yes. So um, I actually took a minimalist baker food photography course, which was really amazing. I love that. There's – I receive weekly emails from later in Sprout Social mm. – uh, they actually send consistent articles or insights, which are helpful. Like sometimes there are some weeks I'm like, okay, I'll read that later. And I just tuck it into my social strategies folder. And um, which is great that there's, that's just like two easy examples that come to you with relevant information from industry leaders mm-hmm. um, and the changing algorithms or what the trends are and what apps to create more efficiency. So I've taken a couple webinars with those. There's Jasmine Star as well. Um, yeah. And then 
a couple other things that are maybe not directly social media, but mm-hmm. more marketing related. Yeah. So that sometimes Ottawa tourism is provided or culinary tourism and, and mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I want to kind of get into Instagram specifically for a little bit. Yeah. I think it's sitting at like 26 and a half thousand yeah. followers right now. We're almost at 27. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's like, what did you, what are some strategies that you use to grow that account to that size? So when I took it on, it was at about 15 or 1600 mm-hmm. followers. Most of that's, all of it is organic growth. Mm-hmm. Um, We've never used bots. We've never been really aggressive. And and part of that is like prioritization. It's like, do I spend 15 minutes doing follow for follow? You know, that sort of in the beginning when the needs of the business are here right now. It's like, okay, I need to get communication out now. And so we didn't, we really didn't do a lot in the Mm. beginning. I used... um, I refresh my hashtag list every now and again, I'd say every two months, um, but using relevant hashtags per post. Mm -hmm. So that there are some that I can see, okay, this is from these hashtags that we're getting. Um, Part of the growth has also been partnerships with other businesses. Um, And really we have been, I'd say the majority of that growth has also just been people coming to the city because vegan vegetarian restaurants, when you travel, you want to eat healthy, which is hard. Mm -hmm. But when you travel with a plant-based diet, you're immediately searching. So a good chunk of our Elgin business has been tourism related. We get a lot more folk. So you'll see people posting and then following and then their friends follow. And it's the vegan vegetarian community is, is always excited to support other plant-based um, pro- food providers and also for inspiration. Um, so other businesses, giveaways, that sort of thing, them sharing and that's where the community outreach part of it as well. So being present in certain community activations and donating has also allowed for um, education about our business or new locations. And then there is following hashtags and then following new businesses. Uh, a lot of the people post their food. Mm-hmm. So then I'm also following back. And then they're sharing their post and then that leads to like, we have so many people who are just taking us in a million stories every day, which is so amazing. And we're so grateful for that because they don't need to yeah. and they do and they're excited about our food. So I think I have one of the best positions where I'm reminded a lot of like day in and day out, how many people are grateful for a product, which then also influences me to want to keep creating content that mm-hmm. is hopefully inspiring. <laughs> yeah. And so with people taking photos and sharing their food all the time, which is awesome because what's cool with like a restaurant is people want to show off that experience. Like mm-hmm. you're just getting free promotion for everyone that walks through the door. Yeah. Do you ever use and leverage any of that content? Use user generated content in your feed or do you kind of curate it all yourself and like shoot all that content internally? 
Once they made that accessible with like being able to add this to your story, yes, absolutely. Every now and again, we would repost. When we got clear on more of our aesthetic that we were Mm -hmm. hoping to convey through our through our posts, um, that means that sometimes it sounds awful, but it's the, I feel like a brand protector. Yeah, and of many, course. I am a brand protector. So that means I'm also considering aesthetic and look and what's there too. Mm-hmm. So I don't share everything, but I love to share as frequently as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how did you develop that brand aesthetic then online? Because what's also interesting with restaurants, because I follow Gary Vee a lot. Okay. And he always says like, your grid doesn't matter. Like just post, 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 yeah. post. But with a restaurant... You're conveying, you're trying to convey the experience from the restaurant in a digital sense, which you do so on the grid. So how did you kind of mold and craft that look and feel? Part of it is a built-in color scheme Mm. from both the interior design, but the ingredients of the food. So identifying, okay, we have lots of wood, we have lots of white paint, we have then this splash of color with bright, bright colors, we have a lot of earth elements and plants um so there's that aspect of it so i love mimicking that brightness uh, when possible in photography but then the food itself there's a lot of the browns like the woods there's a lot of them the whites if it's a you know burger bun or a wrap um and then there's bright pops of color so with that they thankfully really mesh easily together and it'd be different if we didn't have cold press organic juices there would maybe be maybe not as much color you'd have some maybe some colorful beers or some nice wines uh so our product and the quality of the product makes it very easy for me to leverage Mm -hmm. the phytonutrients that are accessible in that color palette from the food that we're using so interior design actual ingredients of what I'm trying to convey um, helps with the grid. And then there was this component of, I think our people are also our biggest ambassadors, which is both people coming in, but our staff, Mm -hmm. like they're beautiful, talented people who most of them, this is their, their launch pad for some folk where they have these other beautiful skills on the side. So they're talented, they're beautiful, they're amazing. We're like family. And so it's like, okay, well, let's convey that. So there's more like actual body parts in the pictures, like hands or torsos or like action shots. Like this is, it's a hustling, bustling space during key moments of service. So how can we also convey that a little bit? Yeah, I think aesthetic is important where it's different being a restaurant versus a retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, we are selling the food. We're selling certain services. We have catering and we have juice cleanses. But we're here for the food, which, you know, I've been there for five years. I'm still not sick of our kale Caesar salad, which is amazing. And I'm not a creature of food habits. So it's... Being able to sell a food product, it needs to primarily be about that, Mm -hmm. which has me cognizant about when I'm sharing other things about events or other posts, like 
I'm going to lose people if, if that's what it starts to be mm-hmm. become versus if it's a product, then you can have a different sort of sense of link, which can then lead to different sales. So, and because yes, there are people who are following us from all over the world, but maybe they're not coming to Ottawa till next year. Mm-hmm. So we have a large following of people, some of which have either dined in or would like to maybe at some point in their future, some of which are looking for it for inspiration if they're in another part of the world that work also in the food industry. Um, but I'd say a third of our followers are really who we're speaking to in the city. Who are like, okay. you want this? You do want this. You do? I yeah. think you do. Come on in. Um, but we notice, a sick, we definitely notice a difference Um of those people coming in for features or mm-hmm. because they saw this on Instagram, like the amount of times I have servers being like, Oh yeah, someone showed me this on Instagram or it's the, so we're speaking to those people, which is come in for an experience or let us cook for you. Mm-hmm. And that way. That's interesting. Cause I was going to ask you why it was, like, it was all food centric pretty much for mm-hmm. the most part of your feed. There's not many shots of like the restaurant without food. There's always elements of food or a beverage of some kind. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was curious as to why that was. That's cool. Yeah. We can, and like, I'm sharing a, a couple pictures of the space, but I'm sharing about the space. It's like this location mm-hmm. is closed because yeah. we have this going on or we have, images of the space with our Ottawa tourism account or um, Ottawa venues account, because those are people maybe interested in having their party there Mm -hmm. or buyout or something. Um, So whereas Charlotte, it's, you do want to see the space. Mm -hmm. You want to know what sort of environment and atmosphere you're going into. So I don't share the location as much, uh, but when we do, it's normally, to convey some sort of information about that location proper or if I'm looking for insights from or engagement from the community, like polls or questions, like yeah. why do you love, which location is your favorite, you know, in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about video? I noticed too that it's primarily, I would say 95% of the feed is photos. So you guys don't do many videos. It's just curious if there's a reason behind that or if just because of the way the aesthetic of the page works, photos better. Like I was just curious as to why. That's a great question. Um, we do have videos that tend to be, right now I'm building more IGTV content videos that are recipes. Okay. So food inspiration. Um, the inspiration is using one of our sauces or products within it. But also... You know, if someone is watching this in a, it, it hopefully then gets them creatively thinking about food. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to be able to give content. Yes, I need to sell a product, but I also want it to be authentic and educational marketing um, and genuine. Like we could just be, have a video about come into our space and buy our product mm-hmm. But what if we have a video that is educational and inspirational? We want to create a community that is loyal and inspired and that is a continuum in that way. So we all evolve and grow. So let's create also resources that allow for that organic evolution as we continue to hold space for our community in the same way that they support us. Um, so 
cooking videos is a big one. People, a lot of students actually will offer to come and do videos for us. So we'll share them every now and again. And at the beginning of the year, we've been talking about a video project and I've chatted with a couple um, video creators in the city, videographers, and uh, that we've needed to prioritize sort of in in a different way. Mm -hmm. So we videos that we have are more time lapses every now and again. So okay. they're there on the stories and then they'll disappear. And mm-hmm. then some of the content when I'm creating a video, I want it to be recyclable so that it's something that I can use on IGTV. It's something I can incorporate into MailChimp. It's something that maybe eventually we can have on our website because my time throughout the week is not dedicated strictly to social media. Mm-hmm. So, it's constantly a balance of leveraging what priority is there that week. And although I'm a f- much more efficient video editor, it takes more time. So it's like if I have X amount of hours a week that I'm dedicating to social content engagement mm-hmm. um, and the other half is dedicated to my inbox, damn inbox, and actual floor restaurant needs, um, that's that's the main reason why it's like if I'm editing them, yeah. it's it's a little bit more time consuming. So I have to. The recipes is something that will keep coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or educational videos like Elisa and I've done that are yeah. you know silly. Do you know about this? How about this one? That way. And I think the cool thing too, like with those educational videos or the recipes, as opposed to a video of like come into the space and like eat here. Yeah, you're not necessarily selling to the consumer. Mm-hmm. but you're teaching them something or you're, they're trying the recipe that you're showing. So the Pure Kitchen brand is staying top of mind, but you're not necessarily selling to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just a way to keep them engaged with you as a brand. And when they are hungry, oh, I just made that Pure Kitchen recipe, I should go to Pure Kitchen. Yes. But it's not necessarily a direct sale. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. Yeah. That's such a good way to go it, about it. It's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. I don't think we are aggressive <laughs> um, as a whole. And... I feel really grateful that they see the value in, you know, creating content that allows for everyone to evolve. And then that person has the choice. It's like anytime that I see marketing where it's like, you want this, it's like, you're not the boss of me. Like, (laughs) and I'll just swipe to the next thing versus do you know about this? And I'm like, Ooh, I don't Mm -hmm. tell me everything. Now you have, way more time on your algorithm chart for me, you know, and I'm going down this wormhole. Mm. Um, so that's in a nutshell, the essence of why I want to create content is like, mm. can this lead to an organic relationship Yeah, that will be continuous versus just waves in and out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And like, so with the, so are you making all the content yourself then? So you're taking the photo and the video and editing everything? Most of it. Okay. Yeah. Most of it. I do have, what are those called? Albums (laughs) from photographers of the past. Uh, Most of which I, I just hired some new graphic designers. And so we're going through content as we're identifying, okay, like let's swap up our website. Let's hear some images you can use for these sort of projects and going through them. I'm like, Holy crap. 
crap. We have so many photos from beautiful photographers in the city of the past, but our menu would change two to three times a year. So half of that content is no longer valid. And so that's where now it's the majority of my photos, but um, I would say 25% is like recycled photos from photo shoots in the past Mm -hmm. so that I have that bulk. Um, And then in the new year, I'll, I'll, hire another photographer and have a beautiful new album to sort of lean on on those days that I'm working remotely or can't take a picture of that specific thing at that location. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And so what do you, do you use your phone or do you have a camera to take the photos? Got all iPhone. Really? eh? Eight plus. It's got a good camera. Yeah. (laughs) I always ask people that because I feel like people think they need like a the newest and best camera mm-hmm. to like make nice photos, but you're managing an account with a very nice aesthetic from a phone. Yeah. All the contents from a phone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, from a phone. The, the camera comes out when we're taking images of space or certain things that I need the quality to be really good if it's going to be on a big piece of paper mm-hmm. of you know, or, or in print or mm-hmm. on something that way so definitely that's where I dive into the photography mm-hmm. um, yeah. outdated <laughs> yeah. it's crazy how going through that I was just last week I was like oh my gosh I need new photos yeah yeah, they're all on just my Dropbox or on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned you lean on those photos when you can't be in the restaurant, like physically, or whether you're working remotely. Yeah, and I also want to minimize food waste. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I can eat it. Yes, and other staff will eat it. And we actually just partnered with an organization called Food Rescue that okay. diverts our waste to organizations in the city that need it, which I'm super stoked about. That's a total side note. Um, but that's also another cost to the business. So mm-hmm. it's like I'd rather have that money spent on a photographer yeah. rather than just taking a new photo all the time. I'd, and also because that's time consuming, I don't have that time. I need to think mm-hmm. about my work week in an efficient way. So if I am taking a product photo I'm going to take a product photo for that day but then I'm also going to think take several other story based mm-hmm. images and I'm going to take several other aspects of it so that I can use that in a month or in two months um, so it's not just a one time use yeah. <laughs> photo yeah. and so how many times are you uploading a week then to Instagram like what's your upload schedule look like so six days a week on stories mm-hmm. uh, Sundays are my radio silence mental health day nice. And um, feed four to five times a okay. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper on that Sunday idea. Yeah. The radio silence mental health day. That's yeah. interesting. Because I feel like with social media, I feel like personally, I always need to be plugged in with yeah. the accounts that I manage. Like totally. I always, people are always messaging, people yes. are mentioning us. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Like, do you feel like you're missing anything when you're offline for that Sunday or? No. No. And because the reality is it can wait mm-hmm. one day. Interesting. It can wait one day. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in on Mondays, sure, sometimes I miss an image that was mentioned in a story maybe later on Saturday night so I didn't get to see it because mm-hmm. it's Monday morning. Um, I'll still give them a heart 
I'll mm. still thank you. And I'm like, as long as that wasn't a bad review, which hasn't, you know, that's another story. The, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's one day. Mm. And I think it's also important to be present. Like there can be follow up if, if it was something that came in about quality service mm. or um, a product often they're not posting it to their story mm-hmm. and that's what disappears then they're sending me an image if that's something that's happening so I can still see that and I can still follow up with it yeah but I think that most people are very understanding if mm-hmm. it's 24 hours later or if they have a really pressing thing pick up the phone mm-hmm. call email info up your kitchen like yeah. It's maybe not the best channel to communicate those. I still will get those things sometimes um, because we're humans. And, but yeah, I'd say the majority of the time it's like, is that the Mm -hmm. best channel? (laughs) So, but that being said, why we also choose Sunday is um, it's one of our quieter engagement days truthfully Mm -hmm. so friday and saturdays are more so it's like if we're gonna have one day that we're not on then okay let's choose sunday okay and was that something you've done from the beginning or did that after you meant doing seven days a week for a while and then you kind of hit your point seven days for Mm -hmm. a while uh for three and a half years i have been attached to my phone for a long time and only the past six months did I, and so constantly trying to find ways to make it efficient. So for two reasons, one, so I have more emotional space for a creative Mm -hmm. side and also for an authentic connection rather than it being something that is exhausting that I'm just like, okay, I have to do another friggin' post. It's like, oh, okay, what am I doing today? Easy. And I have that freshness and I can be present rather than, like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm on day six. <laughs> Let me go. Um, so there's that aspect of it that it enhances my ability to perform better mm-hmm. and to be fresh. Um, but also, you know, the, those six days a week, I I just, I, I need two days off mm-hmm. to fully unplug. Yeah. Fully, fully unplug. So I have recently been mentoring someone to start it off with Saturday where they're posting and then mm-hmm. now they're doing Friday and Saturday okay. and it's so we just meet and we talk and I share my experiences and it's mm-hmm. been wonderful and helpful and I just love them to bits and bites so um yeah to me I think that's non-negotiable and I'm developing some very casual networking but mindful marketing and i think that talking about mental health and accessibility it's like having you can be consistent and you can have quality posts but don't drag it out so that you're always on because Mm -hmm. these are some of the things that it can do yeah in that way Mm -hmm. it's that answer yeah (laughs) and you mentioned that so friday saturday you're more engagement days do you want to move this oh no okay that's for sure yeah um so you mentioned friday saturday your higher engagement days yes 
So does and that, Mondays. And Mondays. Yeah. So Monday, those, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday dips, and then we go back up. Okay. So is there a time of day specifically you aim for where you notice the most engagement or you just strategically post at a certain time, like maybe before lunch and before, before dinner? Before lunch, we definitely get more engagement. Sometimes if if we post too early in the morning, it that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But we still get engagement at nighttime posts too. Okay. So it really fluctuates. Mm-hmm. And day to day, it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. It's like weekends... It's great in the morning. Yeah. Because people are having their slow wake-ups. They're doing their scroll. We're there. It's it's better in the morning. Um, same on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, I've played with, like, morning. I've played with afternoon. I've played with, like, it, it just mm-hmm. fluctuates. So it's like, okay, yeah. we'll be here for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll get to our, our crew. And it's, it's interesting to notice the engagement as a whole has, have you noticed that? It's, it's declined. I think yeah. Instagram as a whole, I think it's like 0.9% decline across the platform. Which is, you know, majority of that is bots, as I've heard. Have you also heard this? Like there's actual okay. authentic engagements rather mm-hmm. than um, accounts that have been created which I totally believe mm-hmm. um, as they're cutting down on that a little bit more. And I'm looking for numbers, but I'm also looking for the quality. It's like, I can still see that we have, you know, close to 10,000 views, mm-hmm. even though okay. I'm maybe not getting the same engagement, the same double tap. So it's, mm-hmm. But I also, when I'm doing my call to actions, I don't want it to be the same standard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding creative ways to to keep people there, whether it's you know swiping, having photos that you're swiping, or having that caption that's alluring enough in the beginning that they're reading more, and maybe they don't comment, but you know maybe there's enough valid or enjoyable information in that caption that they want to stay connected um yeah and it's it's been interesting to watch that but it hasn't affected the people coming into the door mm-hmm. from those yeah 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 i wanted to ask about your captions as well yeah i just noticed for the most part all of them they're quite significant in length like they're long so you said at one point you were just kind of writing whatever captions eventually there became a strategy behind it so what led to you posting more longer form captions and just like a quick one-liner? Yeah. And we played with quick one-liners for a little mm-hmm. bit, but there's information that's there. I think there's a couple edges to that. I like to lead with a line that's either humorous or a question mm-hmm. or something that hopefully is piques enough of an interest that they want to read, click read more. more. Mm-hmm. So it's like leading with something like that so that hopefully they do click read more. And part of that is strategic. It's how long will they stay on this post? Mm-hmm. Um, and But some of our regular, so the majority of our followers on Instagram are women. It's about 80%. Wow. 
Um, and majority of them are in that 18 to 31 range, 34 range. So the other thing about our restaurant is that we are a haven for those with restrictions. Mm-hmm. We're also supported by an amazing and diverse community of people. There's the people who come out of need for health and lifestyle changes who are older than middle-aged. They're maybe approaching senior, not quite. Mm-hmm. So there's those people, or they're being dragged in by their 20-year-old yogi daughter, and they're, like, visually uncomfortable. But, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. So that's where the educational side and approach comes from. It's, like, out of necessity, all you've been shown is meat and potatoes, this, that. Where do you go from, from here? Let us support you in that regard. So I like including an educational component of it for those people. As But there are also... People in that age range, in our majority range, where it's they want to know too because mm-hmm. they are learning how to use food as fuel in a different way. So it's like, okay, well, here's information about this ingredient or this health. So there's the people who are part of the health and wellness community. So it's like, well, let's let's learn together. Mm-hmm. Let's this is something that is relevant. Um, and then part of it is those people with eating restrictions where it's like, I could just say this is, um, here's this food product. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get a million questions, which is great to have comments, but a million, it's also time consuming uh, to be able to say, yes, you can have this as a gluten-free option. Yes, you can have this as a vegan option. It's mm-hmm. like... Here's information. Do what you want with it. If you're reading more, here you go. And that way. Does that answer? Yeah. Yeah. And you said how answering all those comments is time consuming. Yeah. But how important is that aspect of community management and community engagement from the restaurant's perspective? Like how important is it to be replying to all those comments to build that connection within people on an individual basis? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. Um, DMs take the most of my time Mm -hmm. and then Facebook and Instagram comments sometimes they're responding to the call to action so they're stating um, if it's a question that's like what sort of features would you like to see coming down the pipeline it's like yes it's a great idea let's reply to some of these there's always an acknowledgement or a heart for every single comment um, that's there and but we don't comment back to every okay. single mm-hmm. comment. Is that just too like there's too many and it's just a volume? Sometimes. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely something that could <laughs> yeah. we could do more of. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Facebook there as well. And I was curious how much of like what's the percentage breakdown between where you spend your time on Facebook and Instagram? Because I think for way, yeah, way less on Facebook. Really, eh? I was just because I was going to ask about Facebook because what Facebook has in terms of that must be important for a restaurant that Instagram doesn't is they can leave a review of Mm -hmm. the restaurant on Facebook whereas Instagram they can't. So what is kind of your Facebook strategy then right now? Facebook strategy, um, I love the Facebook dashboard. It just makes it so much easier with all the updates they've been doing for it. Mm -hmm. Notifications, reviews, absolutely acknowledging. Um, Same with, and our... 
it's a different, like the analytics of our Facebook population is slightly different um, in that regard. And we can also have events. So as we have more events on there, then yeah. we're scrolling it over to um, Facebook because we want to have that traction. I have them linked together so that they're posting uh, unanimously on both. Uh, they get less reach on Facebook for us but notifications and reviews are definitely something that and messages are sort of our prioritized mm -hmm. ways to focus on that okay yeah yeah and what about other social media like twitter youtube the owner does twitter it's okay. the poli sci background and him yeah. you know the yeah twitter it's not necessarily we don't we don't invest a lot of time in it mm -hmm. i'd say a smaller percentage yeah. of of our population mm -hmm. our clientele. Yeah. And were you ever on Snapchat at all? No. No. Is TikTok in the plans? I haven't downloaded it. I've okay. been resistant. Yeah. And that's on a personal level, like my own resistance to more apps on my phone. It's like constantly balancing the mental health side of things. Um but I'm sure that there will be some... I'll play around with it. Yeah. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that you were playing around with it. It's a good time. Yeah. I like it. So it's a good one. I feel like it would be a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. Uh, but I was curious about... Back to Facebook and Instagram. Have you ever done any of the paid advertising on there with like Facebook ads and Instagram We haven't. Ads? Really? Yeah, we haven't. So our core products... Mm -hmm. Or services, which is what we would lump into that category of something to advertise on Facebook. This goes back to talking about gaps. So I can promote juice cleanses, but for a while we kept realizing some gaps in our side of execution. Okay. So now we're in a space after some changes and, and um, processes where it's like, okay, great. Yes, I'm not hearing any mishaps anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to promote something if we're not able to follow through with it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's counterintuitive. Yeah. Get your shit together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll promote it. Okay. Um, so now we're in a space that if we were to, um, or like we're doing a gift card promote, like next week's going to be a big week. So... Holiday pre-orders for different things or gift card promotion where we'll, um, where we're doing a hundred dollars, you get 20 PK dollars. Those are things that we would consider for mm -hmm. advertising. I have heard no negative things about it and mm -hmm. that you can, it's affordable and it has the reach. It works. It's mm -hmm. worked for me on a consumer side of things. Yeah. Um, so we're open to it. And we are now more in a space where it's the same thing with catering. It's like we just, just last week, finally revised our catering menu mm -hmm. and have a structure in place where before it was like, ooh, ooh, no, yeah, okay, yes, we can do it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's easy to launch. You can post whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. But... The customer service side and execution side of thing. It's like, it'd be different if it were just me and my company and here's what I have. Yes. 
and I'll follow up about it in a different way. But there's, if I'm posting about one thing that affects 30 people easily mm-hmm. in order for that product to get. So I need to make sure that we have that together. So yeah, I think that that'll be a new year integration. Yeah. Yeah. What about influencer marketing? I know you work with Elise from time to time and she has yeah. about 22,000 followers. Yeah, like, and I work with Katie Hessian. Okay, um, both we're... past guests on the podcast. Yes, yeah. I love Katie. The uh, And Amy 613, Amy Carlson, she'll come in um, sometimes. We've had lots of influencers or um, Dara from the sweat spot, mm-hmm. um, other, just other businesses. We have a lot of realtors that are okay. using us as a selling point right now further for the neighborhoods of the homes mm-hmm. that they're selling. Like it's crazy. All of a sudden it was like all realtors are, um, talk to me if you're a realtor and influencers are amazing beacons of exposure Mm -hmm. in their like little lighthouses in that regard and giveaways I would say are something that consistently we would do with an influencer what works with Katie is that she's our meal share representative Mm -hmm. or community leader so that's also in alignment with the products and that we're selling that support an organization that is amazing, doing amazing work yeah. um, in our in our nation and internationally. So, in terms of on the regular, I don't think we lean on them no. that much. Okay, it's, it's more strategized, mm-hmm. or if there's a launch of something. Okay. Yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah. And what about email? You, do you still do you run the email side for Purgen, like the email marketing side, like yes. the Mailchimp and everything? Yeah. Email is something that I'm becoming more interested in because it's a platform that you own. Yes. So like, if the reach goes down on Instagram, your email reach isn't going. I still have down. these five thousand people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what is the email Who strategy? I know live in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> so what is kind of like your email strategy then when it comes to? No, that's okay. Um, when it comes to like marketing, is it more so like that educational type content you were talking about earlier, or is it like when you do a launch, that's when the emails goes out? What does it kind of look like for you? So we, I think about categories, okay, um, and key. You could call them hashtags. So we have a health component: hashtag pure health, hashtag pure lifestyle, hashtag pure taste and hashtag pure community. Mm -hmm. So those I try to convey in plotting out the month at a glance um, and any events or any other things that are in that month so that there is cohesiveness. Um, And part of the video creation for these IGTV videos is also so that there's content that I can recycle for the pure taste side of things. Mm -hmm. So, our newsletter, I don't know about you and how many emails you unsubscribe from your inbox mm-hmm. um, on a weekly basis. If there isn't something valuable, I'm not going to go into it. I'm bombarded in my inbox. I'm overwhelmed by emails. So I, if, it, if it's just selling a product that 
I'm, I'm not interested in it. But if they are offering some sort of education that is applicable to me, like mm-hmm. there's a beautiful flower shop in Westboro and there's like succulent care tips. And I was like, yes, I'm a crazy plant lady. This is great. Tell me everything. Um, like those sprout and later Graham, it's like, okay, I like that. I don't, I have to go run to a meeting right now, but I'm going to save this and I'm going to read this later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there's some communications and some new changes that we want to commu- relay in the email marketing, but then we use those four categories to ensure that we have an article or recipe that corresponds to those. And because our products are either our regular menu online services or the catering of the juice cleanses it's if they've already had it once yes we can remind them that it's still there but we'd rather just cultivate a community like Mm. we have people who come in all the time because we are a haven because they can't eat gluten or because they eat they're trying to eat more plant-based so we're all in this together. We have that regularity if you work or live in the neighborhoods where our locations are. But let's give you also a resource that we're really proud of and that we're excited about and that we're learning about. Let's share it with you. And hopefully we're giving something of value back mm-hmm. because they're bringing us value with their business. Yeah. Okay. So thinking of it more of a relationship rather than here's what we got yeah thank you no i think that i like that you know, <laughs> i think that's the way to go about it right like yeah. you have to provide them some form of value to get them to open it yeah so, so yes it costs money to create that <clears throat> and it's hard to quantify the return mm-hmm. um, but it's also non-negotiable i think mm-hmm. in delivering any webinar or any course that i've taken it's you give good quality so that there's a taste of the relationship or a taste of what this business does so that then they can decide, yes, Mm -hmm. you get to have my money. (laughs) And how do you kind of quantify that return? That's a question I feel like people ask about social media and email. Like how do you quantify all the time and output you're putting there? How do you show that it's bringing value back? Mm -hmm. Um, so, for example, catering. Mm-hmm. All, I haven't posted about it a lot. I've just started posting and we're able to see, like, holy shit, we're really busy okay. for the month of December. Mm-hmm. Um, juice cleanses, I won't post, and then all of a sudden we'll get a bunch of new orders or more hits to the mm-hmm. website in that way. So we can watch the analytics okay. of the increase of, which gives me insights of, okay, am I over-communicating this? They're sick of it. I'll bring that back in a little bit. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, do, they, what do you guys want to know? Mm-hmm. Um, what's great about MailChimp is you can see, yeah, you can see everything and it's great. And people are also replying or they're sharing it. If someone shares our website and they're not one of our employees. I'm like, okay, cool. This yeah. is great. Thank you. Um, so using the analytics functions of each sort of facet to see, paying attention to what they're most interested in and then curating content that is an alignment to what we're seeing is the most important 
in that regard. Okay. And what about your personal social media? Is there a plan to try and like blow that up? And yeah, I've been so quiet on mine. Um, I use stories, my feed, I post inconsistently. Uh, but when I do, it's a very great response um, from the posts, which is nice to see. It's still working. <laughs> and so I have been just quietly um, since the summer been building some different programming that I'll be launching as a side hustle. Okay, that's Probably awesome. by the time this podcast yeah. launches. <laughs> and um, so that's also, and that's where it will sort of have its rebirth in mm-hmm. a different way. Um, I use my stories frequently. Yes. And it's often either stories of my cat or events that... Um, I'm attending or to promote my workshops mm-hmm. that uh, or events that other friends are doing too. Um, the way that I see my personal account is I keep coming back to this mental health side of things is we curate. It's yes, I'm selling a product, but how can I also be real mm-hmm. while doing it? So if I share a video of me talking about something, I'm not going to try and pretend that I'm not silly mm-hmm. or that I don't swear that I don't have mess ups or that there aren't like redos and retakes. So I also want to use it as a platform that shows authentic accessibility because I think I have so many insanely talented friends and associates that if they're anything like me, if you don't, if you have this belief or this story that you don't know enough about it, um, then it hinders you or that you're not good enough or you're not meant to do video or you're not supposed to do these things, then you're, then you're hindered from doing it. So I want to create content that is authentically relatable and so that hopefully maybe my network and my community will feel inspired to keep promoting what they do in an authentic way. And that's sort of a reaction to me being like, I don't want to see the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over again. Like friends who will promote with, you know, a 12 story of one video. It's like, you're going to lose people after the third one. So let's show all sorts of different ways that we can communicate information um, that's accessible and not scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then kind of thinking on the mental health side, or so in general, do you think social media is bad for us? Um, yes and no. Okay. Why yes and why no? No, in the way that if it weren't created, we'd find something else. Yeah, okay. And... There's always going to be distractions. There's always going to be external events or occurrences or media or promotions that will invoke some sort of reaction, positive or negative. Um, So here it is. It's created. I think the why it impacts mental health is the way that it does give those serotonin serotonin mm-hmm. bursts yeah. and it becomes addictive. Mm-hmm. It's positive in the way that 
this does connect me with people who I don't get to see all the time. And I'm actually so grateful to have an essence of connection with them. But if that's all that I'm doing, it can, you know, it can draw away from your productivity or it can, uh, for some people, thankfully, I, I, I've never felt this way. Um, there's this comparison mm-hmm. effect. So it can create this idea of being less than or not worthy or shame or guilt in a society where we have enough of that already. Uh, so it can perpetuate that cycle. Um, and then there's the actual physiological effect of being on your phone and not being present and not being mindful. And that is really being shown in in, our, in mental health and yeah. with psychology and medicinal circles in that way too. I see it, and there's this other side of things where like I see with um, expectations. So there's an instantaneous gratification from social media. And if you don't like something, you can go to the next something. So I think it can hinder our mental resiliency in some ways of if we get used to this expectation that we can always just have what we want at our fingertips when we actually outside from our screens need to do the work and to show up um i'm concerned for the younger generation in the way like thinking about my niece where it's like no this is a life skill this is something that you learn and this maybe doesn't show you that Mm-hmm. but you need to put the phone down and do the work and it's not as easy as swiping right or left mm-hmm. um, but then you can also watch videos on tips you know yeah, to exactly. have it so it's really a double-edged sword mm-hmm. yeah no. what, are you, what are your thoughts on that I'm actually curious I think it's all in how you use it yeah at the end of the day exactly I think like I was on someone else's podcast and we were talking about it and he kept coming out from like a negative negativity angle but I was like it's negative if you go on there looking for negativity yes. and trying to be negative. Yes. If you all go on there trying to be positive and do good and watch good content, then yeah. it's a completely different experience. Totally. I think, like, for example, like what I do sometimes, not necessarily as a growth tactic, but I'll just jump on and I'll just message random people and I'll comment on, like, one thing on their grid that I liked. One, it shows, it gets them to kind of, like, who the hell is this? And they check Who's out my, my profile. Yeah. But it's also, like, when I message people probably one in ten might go to my account after but for the other nine i'm just like putting pop positivity out there yeah and then i feel like i'm in a better mood after because yes. i just spent the time being positive it's and it's a gratitude practice yeah so i think it's all in how you use it i do think there is something to be said for the amount of time being spent on it yes. and productivity i've tried putting my phone whenever like i have my to-do list and i know i need to get this done i only check my phone once i cross something off that to-do list so my phone is in another room and then i go check it once i cross something off amazing so i think there is again i think like you said it's a double-edged sword i think uh, some of it comes down to how you use it and then i think the other aspect is you just need to be disciplined enough to know when to put it down and consciously find what works for you so that you do it like sometimes i let my phone battery get really low Mm -hmm. so that I take a break from it or if I catch myself in the circuit Mm -hmm. and it's part of my job I like being relevant and and watching what's there 
but it can also become this muscle memory thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then it's like, what am I looking for? Okay, go do it. Yeah. So then I'll put on a podcast and then be like, okay, I'm learning. And then I'm happy all of a sudden. And I have that phone break. Yeah. So yeah, there's it, it, and that's where like on a, on the personal level, like use it as inspiration, give positive information, but, and be real, be real. Don't, fully curate everything in a way that it paints this picture that you are a god or a goddess it's you are a god or a goddess mm-hmm. with your entirety as as your whole with your flaws with your these things and that allows um that invites other people to feel comfortable doing the same mm-hmm. so there's this beautiful marianne williamson quote that sort of talks about I can't remember it's a long one yeah but it's it's like your greatest fear is not um how bad you are but how powerful you are Mm -hmm. so and that is I think accepting every learning to accept all parts of you yeah yeah, and now it's the yogi coming <laughs> for me. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I have five or six questions here that I ask everybody. Okay, it's kind of like a rapid fire, so just whatever you can think of. We'll Sweet. go. We'll fly through these questions. So the first one being, you're going to dinner. Yeah, you can take anybody through anybody. You can take three people, dead Ooh. or alive. Who do you take to dinner? Oh shit! This is great for my brain. Um, who would I take to dinner, dead or alive? My father, okay. he is dead. And when I was nine, and that would just be amazing, mm-hmm. you know, like as of an course. adult. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'd want to go to dinner with Brene Brown because she just speaks so much to my own personal work uh, right now. And I just find her amazing. And then who would the third person be? This is tough. Mm-hmm. This is the hardest part of my day, Jacob. <laughs> I would say some sort of comedic. Uh, maybe Amy Schumer. Okay. Yeah. Let's get some comedy in there. Yeah. All right. Like <laughs> um, for the next question, what is some of the best advice you've ever been given? Hmm. I, my mind went to one of the things in my, my core yoga training. And I was talking about this recently because I'll, I'll do workshops with teacher training groups. And mm. when I get overwhelmed and because I feel dedicated to a life of connection and service, sometimes if anxieties come up, Um, or just a check-in with myself the teacher said remember that it's not about you Mm. and that you are a vessel for these teachings and it just sort of gives that macro micro perspective of Mm. yeah where where is my mind it's not about me I have live a life of extreme privilege and this is what I'm here for. So it just sort of takes the edge off. Yeah. I've had so many good teachers and advice givers in my life. Yeah. I think that that's 
we'll go with that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just going to be thinking, I'm like, but what about that person said? <laughs> what is one thing about you people wouldn't expect? Hmm. I love true crime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I promote all of these different things yeah. because it's so like whenever I train Muay Thai, if I like miss a pat, I'm not into sparring. I love it for the, for the physical activity of it. If I miss the pads and hit someone, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I can't fathom hurting another individual yeah. <laughs> consciously. And I actually can't that, that actually really fascinates me because I'm like, how the fuck do they, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And it gives me perspective on mental health. Yeah. So it almost like gives me feel of like, oh God, we need work. Mm-hmm. We need work in this world. Yeah. So, What is one thing that's so important everybody needs to know? Your breath is your birthright. It is with you always. It costs nothing. And it is the most powerful tool for your mental health and physical body. I like that. The last question. I kind of like to flip the script a little bit. So you're asking the question. Not to me, but so just pretend you have a crystal ball. You can ask this crystal ball any question, and it'll give you the answer. What is one question you would ask that you want to know the answer answer to? Crystal ball. Hmm. Can I get political? (laughs) Will President Trump be impeached? Will he leave the office? Um, I think the crystal ball question would be... Um, when will mental health be subsidized by the Canadian government? Okay. Tell me. Tell me, Crystal Ball. Yeah. Awesome. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It was my pleasure. I want to give you the floor. Where can the people find you? Where can they find Pure Kitchen? Plug anything and everything that you got right now. Uh, Pure Kitchen on Instagram is at Pure Kitchen Ottawa. Where you can also subscribe to our newsletter by heading to our website, purekitchenottawa.com, and a prompt will pop up, or you can see past recipes, inspiration on the blog section of our website, and you can follow me at Terry Porter. And there's some exciting new developments unraveling over the next few months that I'm really excited to share in the world of culinary tourism and mindful marketing. So. Awesome. Check me out there. Awesome. I want to thank you once again for coming on the show. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you've listened the entire way through, you've only listened to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking the time to check this out. Everyone do me a favor. Go and follow Tara. Go and follow Pure Kitchen. I'll make sure everything is linked in the show notes down below. And if you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. And if you'd like to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at, at My Social Life Podcast or by finding us on YouTube by searching up My Social Life. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon. <laughs>